Hey, 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 what's going on, everyone? We appreciate all of your support and the wait is finally over. We are back with Enlightened Sounds episode 13. It is almost Christmas, literally right around the corner. My name is UTXJG Dine, and I am here with my co-host, Alita of the Flock. What's going on with you today, my brother? Man, you know, like you said, man, Christmas is like right around the corner, man. Hey. Yeah, yeah. So hope everyone who is listening gets all the gifts that they ask for. If not, then uh, there's always next year and tell everybody around you they're a piece of shit because they didn't get you what you wanted. Uh, <laughs> and uh, also with the holidays, you all will get a special gift. I know people have been asking me pretty much every day in my streams, what's your top five hip hop albums? What's your top five hip hop albums? Look, it's coming. I told you we'll get that to you before the end of the year. Just be patient. So, Again, that will be coming. So, stop asking. It's coming. Uh, but let's get into. You getting, that, you getting that list ready, bro? Nah, I haven't gotten it ready yet. I haven't gotten it ready <laughs> just yet. I'll, I'll probably I'll do it like next week. Yeah, I'll probably do yeah. it next week. Yeah, because I gotta, I gotta really look through everything because it's been so. You gotta much go through busy. everything because yes. it's easy. It's so easy to forget about all the stuff yeah, that came out I'm, early in the year. Yeah, I, I'm gonna be uh, as professional as possible with this, even though I, you know, I always was, but. You know, we, we got a, a extra effort that we have to put in now since we uh, we on podcast land now. So, no. So we, we got y'all. Dog. We got y'all. We, we promise. We promise. OK, so anyway, let's get into the show, man. In Lion Sounds episode 13, let's get into the new releases. Now, these are the ones that came out the previous week. And then we also get into the albums that came out this week or today, actually. Uh, so we have uh, XSX Tentacion. Uh, he came out with a post-humorous album called Skins. We have Ice Cube. Boy, I wasn't expecting this to come out. Uh, yeah, I know. Everything is corrupt. And I actually listened to that the other day. It, it definitely has that old school feel for sure, for sure. Uh, Gucci Mane came out with Evil Genius. And I Am Sue came out with Blessed. Now today, December 14th, as time of recording, we have Kodak Black came out with Dying to Live. Vic Mensa came out with Hooligans. Big Crit came out with Trifecta, which is another like three song um, EP. Uh, we have the Spider-Man soundtrack, which I wasn't expecting to uh, to be very, very hip-hop influenced, but it definitely has some uh, some AAA stars on there, so I'll definitely right. check that out. Yeah, yeah, so I'll listen to that one as well. So, um, And then Wine Fendi Lucci came out with 3 to Sequel, which is also like a, a three-track uh, EP. And finally, Method Man came out with Meth Lab Season 2, The Lithium, and that has a lot of songs on there too, so I got to check yeah. that one out. I, gotta, I definitely got to check that one out. Absolutely, absolutely. So that's everything that came out over the last two weeks, people. It's a lot. It is a lot. So once again, I keep telling you, man, like people are dropping albums left and right. So you cannot say hard to keep up with all this shit. Oh, it's very hard. Very, very hard. Like I'm literally going to look back on the episodes that we've done so far and then look back on like the rest of the year, man. This is going to be crazy. Definitely going to be crazy. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of homework, duh. A lot of homework we're going to have to do. Uh, but let's get into the music news. Now, J.I.D., a lot of people were talking about his album and how good it was, myself included. We talked about the previous episode. But unfortunately, J.I.D. was forced to change the album cover of DiCaprio 2 because obviously it had Leonardo DiCaprio on it. And they did not get that cleared with Leonardo DiCaprio's camp. Um, now, normally this wouldn't be a big deal, but since they did not get the clearance, they had to unfortunately take the album off of the streaming platforms, including Spotify. 
and re-upload it with another album cover i didn't notice at first uh, somebody ended up telling me in my stream and then i took a look i was like oh yeah you're right it did change it but the bad news about this is since he had to take it off of the streaming websites and put it back on that unfortunately messed up his numbers so he was like number 12 when the album actually came out which is very very good um so shout out to jid for even getting that to number 12 that's definitely a feat um uh, for his first um uh, debut fisher album um even though it's really a mixtape to be honest because uh, that dj drama on their stuff uh but when he had to take it off it actually went from number 12 to like number 80 um when he actually did take it off and re-upload it even if it was for a second that's what ended up happening so it messed up his numbers a lot now he did tweet about it and say that numbers fucked up they took the whole project down to change the cover literally from 12 to like 80 something smh this is all my fault and he also said that the artwork that's on right now was supposed to be original artwork and he said he couldn't change it until after we dropped it for upload reasons. So that's that's another weird thing. So um, that's just what he tweeted. So I don't know why they didn't just put that on there in the first place just to be safe. But in any case, JID messed up. Uh, now, that's, does that take away from how his album sounds? Absolutely not. But obviously those numbers, especially to the label, they uh they're very important so that's that's all that people um talk to uh, talk about when it comes to some people's language so how you feel about this one flock it's unfortunate it really is i mean he came out with a very good album hate hate to see that uh he, he lost uh track of sales and you know stuff like that because of that but so it sounded like it was a self-inflicted wound so you live and you learn man so i mean he took full uh accountability full responsibility for what he did so he, he didn't blame nobody on his team and nothing like that. He took full responsibility for it. Yep. Absolutely, absolutely. So it is what it is. But uh again, we uh we hope that he continues to enjoy the success. I think the Dreamville did an amazing job this year alone. So definitely claps up, claps up to that. It was still fire camp. though. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, it literally took nothing away from my overall experience. I don't care what cover they had on there. But again, next time it's better to just play it safe than sorry. So don't don't use my man Leonardo DiCaprio's face if nobody likes it, because you already know what it is. People find any way to try try to take your money or to uh to take anything down so just be safe have something original next time and you want to do any of this all right uh moving on to the next news now uh, we did report about soldier boy claiming to have a console and he streamed it um it was just like a black box and nobody again nobody took him serious because of soldier boy but apparently these soldier boy consoles are real and they did come out. He came out with a soldier game handheld and a soldier game console. Now, the handheld is reportedly an emulator as well as a console. Uh, the handheld is supposed to be uh, playing things from like the older consoles, um, like the uh, Game Boy Advance, the, uh, the NES, the SNES, and even like the Neo Geo. So that was very interesting. Uh, they, the original price was like one ninety nine, then um, and then it's supposed to go down to like one forty nine, I guess, for like holiday sales or whatever. And also, they came out with the Soldier Game console, which uh, also was supposed to be an emulator, supposed to play all of the old school, um, old school games like uh, like the PC, Sega, uh, and PlayStation, even like the PlayStation One. Now, the funny thing about this, as time of recording, I checked again. And guess what's not on his website? 
What would that be? That would be the soldier game handheld in the soldier game console. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I literally just checked. I wasn't planning on this happening. So again, this is this is breaking news, people. I don't know when he took it off, but uh, the console and the handheld are no longer available to purchase on the website, at least. But uh, I was actually seeing him like getting some like high name people, like yeah, you know, support black business, support black business. I'm gonna go ahead and buy your console, like you're taking over, you're doing your damn thing. And, and again, I understand that as, as black people, we love to support each other. But I'm gonna tell you the real news, what happened, and I'm pretty sure this is why he took it off. First of all, these are emulators. There's nothing, um, there's nothing original about um, this console and, and this handheld. And that's what we were talking about at first. Like, what, what's going to come out on this? Like, is, is your own game going to come out of this? Is that going to be the only game that you bring out? Is your own video game just to say that you have it on your own console? Da da da. So we were already speculating about that. We don't know because literally no games have been announced. Like the handheld said, it's going to have a whopping three thousand games on it. That's a lot. Uh, the console says it's going to have a total of eight hundred games built in on it again that's a lot but there was literally nothing to show no demos no uh no footage of anyone playing the game nothing so that was already a mistake and also on top of that somebody found out that literally the handheld and the consoles were something that was on the chinese website all he did was just take the handheld and the consoles probably he probably like bought them in bulk or whatever and he just slapped his name on them and just rebranded them as the soldier game handheld and the soldier game console so again that's some scumbag shit i already knew that this was going to be a flop but i was not expecting it to be like this so how you feel about all this news flock literally uh, as of recording bro it's no longer even available to purchase i mean what they make like like 50 of them i don't uh, even I don't know, know man. <laughs> I mean, I, we saw this coming when we spoke about this some weeks ago, and I was like, I don't know, man. It's got the Ouya written all over it again. I do remember saying that, mm -hmm. and uh, especially since it's coming from Soldier Boy, I mean, how serious can you really take it? That's just how I looked at it. I never took it serious. I never had any desire to get one, for that matter. I mean, it's so many other ways to you know get access to all that stuff, especially if you have a PC. So, I mean. Who, who is what it is, bro? It's Soldier Boy, bro. That's the end of the day. It's Soldier Boy. Like, I don't really expect much of it, right? I like, just really don't. It just, it really just grinded my gears when I took a look at it. And I was like, it's just a glorified emulator. Like, are you really duping people like this? Like, people were just literally throwing their money at it just because of the name alone and just because it's it's a person like you know so-called uh getting rid of the middleman the big three microsoft uh, sony and nintendo just to have their own console which isn't even a console it's just an emulator so it's nothing nothing innovative nothing special about it he also reportedly said that he like in a day he made like two hundred and fifty thousand. so if he did make that i mean uh, that's more power that's, to yeah more power to him that is money right now and i did see people like were legit you know wanted to support him and he was like uh he was like telling like random people it didn't even matter whether they had a publication or or a name or whatever that uh he was going to send the consoles to their house or whatever he was telling like random people to dm him because so he was very excited about it and i'm not i'm not mad at his hustle just i just feel like he went about it the wrong way because literally yeah. like if, with, if the quality if the quality isn't as good then it's like you know why are you i mean you making a dollar just for the sake of making a dollar mm -hmm. that, that makes you look like a scumbag you know what i mean it's just kind of like the used car salesman you know philosophy just get it off the lot right i mean let them deal let them deal with it once they once they drive off mm -hmm. it's like 
know have some have some you know have some pride for what you what you putting out there there's a lot of people that was probably buying that stuff just to say they had it that really couldn't afford it. it's a lot of people be surprised I me mean, people just buy stuff just just to say they got it and they really can't even afford it yeah yeah all the time so uh but the funny thing is when i actually went to the website not even just looking for the uh for the actual console and the handheld this man has like a soldier watch he has soldier pods he has his own uh, headphones he has his own actual cell phone and he has a soldier pad as well so literally all of these things are like like valued after like apple products so i also found that very interesting i'm assuming he's doing the same thing with those just trying uh find it like a chinese knockoff and just rebranding it as soldier whatever so this is his hustle now uh again i'm i'm not mad if he's you know duping people into buying them but i already knew that once he decided to get into the uh, video game business that wasn't the right step I, mean, I think he was moving a little bit too fast on that i don't think that we have room for really any other consoles that are going to be super successful i think that the only other company that could come back and possibly make some waves would be sega but i'm pretty sure they're done with that so uh I don't think I don't think Soldier Boy got the money to really really do something huge like that. So I already knew something was up. So and if he got that money, then it is what it is. Um, again, I'm not mad at him for for getting that, but uh, you can't even mind anymore. So it is what it is, man. They they found it. They already duped him, and uh, I'm pretty sure you're not gonna be talking about that for a while. So uh, sorry, Soldier Boy, but uh, you messed up once again. Messed up once again, my guy. All right, let's move, move on to the final piece of news. Now, this is something that happened this week because uh, the last news was something that happened last week. But I don't know if you've been looking on Twitter a lot, but uh, apparently there is a King of R&B debate because Jaquise, who's currently on um, currently on Birdman's uh, Cash Money label, Cash Money Rich Game, whatever the hell, because it's so affiliated nowadays, but this man said that he was the king of R&B, and oh my God, people went insane for Jaquees <laughs> to like how I don't even know how long he's been in the game. Maybe like two, three years, if that. He basically he hasn't been in the game a long time. I can't name one original Jaquees record that's like on the radio or whatever. Like his yeah, first. I was about to say that. Like, ain't that the dude that just just take everybody else's songs and sing them? Yes. Yes, that is him. Oh, that that is him. He's already Why are gotten, we entertaining this job. Hey man, no, hold on. But it's, it's funny though. It's funny. But uh yeah, so that's so that's that. I remember Jaquie got in trouble because he um he remade LMA's trip and tried to make it his own. He even made like a video or whatever on YouTube and LMA's camp got upset, which is rightfully so, because he was literally trying to make it as, as it was his own. And other people who may not have known who LMA is, which I don't know why you didn't at that point, but a lot of people didn't know that that was her song. Like he was literally trying to uh, brand it as it was his. So that's, that's some scumbag shit. So he already got in trouble from that. And then he has the audacity to say that he's a king of R&B. Well, a lot of people did not take uh, too kindly about that, but guess who? Guess who decided to come out of nowhere to say that he's the king of R&B, or or he tried to name some of the people who we thought was the king of R&B. This dude, Jay Holiday. Yeah, I'ma put you to bed. If any of y'all remember that song, this dude was really a one-hit wonder. Let's let's just be honest. Yeah, the song was great. 
when the song came out, it definitely made some panties drop. Cause I remember I was I was at some parties and and girls were really really turned up when that track came out. But still, this man was a was a one hit wonder. I haven't heard of Jay Holiday in years, fam, years. But he decided to make a video and he, <laughs> and he wanted to talk about who's the who's the kings of R and B. He said one king is from Chicago. He was talking about uh, R Kelly. Um, and, and then he named himself in one, but in the middle of <laughs> in the middle of him saying that he was a king of R&B, a girl came outside, which we didn't see in the video, but she came out and said, was he valet? And he was like, nah, baby, I ain't a valet. I ain't valet. Ain't no valet and no Gucci jacket. So I think that that made it even funnier because like he was getting clowned because nobody knew who he was. So how are you the king right. of R&B when you're getting mistaken for valet from wherever you are? <laughs> so I found that absolutely hilarious. But he took two L's in that video. Yeah, he really did. He really did take two L's from that video. So there were other people jumping in it. Diddy had some comments that like a few hits ain't going to get you. Um, ain't going to get you to be the king of R&B. Refer to Jaquise on this one um r kelly like had like some instagram posts with like three words on it uh not really saying anything but basically saying you like i i see what y'all are saying and i acknowledge that i am the king of r&b but i wanted to bring this up because not only did jay holiday get clowned and we know Jaquise is nowhere near the king of r&b but do you believe in this day and age that r kelly will be the modern king of r&b it's hard to dispute it but I mean, when you, you you name, I mean, one of the things you got to always look at in music when you start naming King and all this other stuff, how long does that music last? Not so much as how long have they been out making music, but how long do you still listen to the music? Because a lot of like we talked, like Jay Holiday got brought up, yeah, one song, one, and that's that that came out back in like what, like two thousand and like Six, seven, seven, or yeah, and here we are in twenty, about to be twenty nineteen. And we haven't heard anything else from the dude. He comes out the woodwork. So, I mean, R. Kelly's been out since like 93. So, and he still makes music to this day. And he writes for a lot of people too. A lot of people don't know that. So it's, it's hard to dispute that. But I mean, when you start naming that King R&B stuff, yeah, we like to laugh at the whole stuff. But I mean, Bobby Brown did have a case for that at one point when Whitney Houston was like, yo, this is a king. And I know it's, you know, it's good. It's a good gift and a good meme and stuff, but he did have a case in that. I mean, you can't, people keep overlooking Usher. Like you can't look past Usher. Usher's been doing it since like he's 14. Like he's been doing it since he's 14. And Usher is 40 years old, if I'm not mistaken now. So you gotta, you gotta take that into consideration too. So we start throwing this king around. I'm not going to take some dude that just take other people's songs. Where's this dude from Jay? This Jaquise dude. Question. Let's, let's look him up. Let's see where he's from. Let's see Jaquise. I, I gotta know this, man. Because wherever he's from, y'all gotta take a L. He's but, from uh, uh, he's from Decatur, Georgia. So Atlanta, basically. Oh god. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so disappointed. <laughs> Georgia, come on, man. Y'all already got who who who's down there in Georgia, man? Georgia and Florida, man. Y'all. Y'all holding big L's, man, out here. Uh, I mean, Usher is literally down there where he's at. Yeah. So I find Usher that is super right. Funny. Usher is from Atlanta. That's I, crazy. I but. find that super funny. So another name that people threw in there was Chris Brown. Chris nah. Breezy. I wouldn't put him as I wouldn't put him as a king, but he's definitely he's definitely he. I guess because he. Ouch, I guess because he's been around for a good like twelve years or so. Um, it, it's, it's cool. He, he's in a conversation, but I think uh, musically. His music, you know, his music don't stand up to those two guys I named. 
which would be Usher and uh, R. Kelly. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, what what slaps R. Kelly down is, of course, the stuff that he go through outside of music. Bro, everything, like everything but outside of music. If we doing it there, if we talking about from just straight music track list to track list, album album to album, I gotta put I gotta put Usher and and, and R. Kelly right there, neck and neck. Okay. That's just my personal opinion. Those are the first two names I think of. You know what I mean? The first two names I think of, like when you talk about King, now we talking like females and queens and stuff. That's a whole different, whole different other can of worms. I can go on all day about that. But <laughs> as far as like the from the male side, those are the first two. Those are the first two that I think of, like from like solo R and B acts. True, true. Yeah, the, like I said, I can't, I can't really debate, um, debate against R. Kelly, but, uh, but Usher, like modern day, he's definitely up there. Uh, there were some some like guy named people well, at least like some people have been in the game for a while um like Charlemagne, he said chris brown was his king r&b tank said his his uh person was chris brown so a lot of people were, were naming chris brown and again i'm not mad at it but i wouldn't put chris brown over uh over usher and r kelly uh, but i understand why chris brown is as far as like comparison to queese like that's again that's not even close but, but if he wants isn't he really known for more so for like dancing and stuff though I mean, yes, but he still I mean, he'll has make, an extensive he'll catalog now. He'll make the occasional ballad, love ballad or whatever, but as far as like R&B, when I'm thinking R&B, I'm thinking like if I go down the line and look at Usher confession song, with the exception of what, yeah, everything else was everything else was R&B, R&B. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. You're talking you about line, not like, not yeah, like as pop-ish like or... Ballads. Yeah, 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 it didn't come across as pop. And like I said, you think what's what was R. Kelly's best work? Twelve play, maybe. I would say I would twelve play. play. Twelve play or the Chocolate Factory, which I thought was slept on. Like you hear that twelve play, you know what I'm saying? What? Damn near every man. song. Bump and grind. Head, and, you know what I'm saying? All the, all those songs that's off the album. That was a that was a baby maker album right there. That mm-hmm. R. Kelly twelve play. Like then you start talking other stuff. You can go further back and you can bring up Ron Osley or somebody. You know what I'm saying? But he was part of a group for most of most of his career. So it's it's a lot. When people talk about, oh, listen to the Isley brothers, even though it's way back further, but you know, some people are only gonna go back so far. But mm. you can't you can't tell me otherwise those two right there are not the top. I'll put Chris Brown underneath them, but he's not in that conversation for being the guy, the king. Yeah. And I, I think again, what you mentioned before about R. Kelly and everything else that he's done. It's hard to separate that, especially now, because I can't say I listen. I don't listen to R. Kelly. Like it, it's nothing that's like against them, but it's just like it just doesn't really pop up. Like I'm, I'm not going to sit there and skip it when it comes up. But I don't, I don't actively listen to R. Kelly. Um, we talking it, about we talking about the king of R and B. We're not talking about the king of public relations. Or yeah, the king of, you know what I'm saying. You get what I'm saying? Because if that's the case, then when we start talking. Say you talk sports, so nobody's gonna just, just you know, this like dismiss the fact that Dennis Rodman was one of the greatest defensive players and rebounders ever to mm-hmm. play the game. You may not agree to what with what he did off the court and all this antics and stuff, dressing up, you know what I'm saying, like a woman and all that other stuff, getting in trouble and all this other stuff. You may not agree with that. Mm-hmm. But when it was time, when it was game time, he showed up every game and he brought it. So that was a dude you wanted on your team on the court. Yeah. Off the court, that's a different story. That's that's why I'm saying you have to separate that. And a lot of people don't know how to separate that. Yeah, and that, and that was exactly what would be my we, point. I can't we talking, And like you talking like R and B, uh, I mean, what what do we put Prince? You know what I mean? Is Prince considered pop? Is he considered R and B? I mean, I think Prince would be more considered pop though. 
You know what I mean? Because him and Michael Jackson was always parallel. So, yeah. I mean, so if we talking like R&B, that's why I say I put them. I don't know what, like, I never knew what genre to put Prince in. I just know he made great music. Because if we talking like from music, music, I would put Prince above everybody. Yeah, but, but then again, that's I feel like that's going too far back. I think that with yeah. this specific argument, they were talking about like modern day. Modern day, yeah. yeah but modern, modern day, day yeah. R. Kelly is still around. He's still making music. You know what I mean? So... And he's like 25 years in the game. Same thing with Usher. They, I mean, they both came out around the same time. Mm. So I would put them to. Yeah. Without question. Yeah. So I, I think that's why a lot of people were saying Chris Brown over R. Kelly. Because, again, it's hard for them to separate it. They're just like, man, like R. Kelly just going through too much stuff outside of the music that I can't really throw him in there. And then there are also a lot of people. I think that's why they didn't really mention Usher and R. Kelly's name either because they probably feel like they're really not modern day because they they were like in the 90s when we were growing up so i don't know you know everybody's everybody's list is different but i can totally understand why a lot of people said r kelly and i can understand why they said chris brown too like if you're comparing them to jaquise then i would feel like chris brown was there yeah but it's it's again it's hard because he just said king of r&b he ain't like if you say if you say from you got then if that's the case you got to say from 2010 until now yeah then that's a different story right but i mean you go back as far as i mean usher had one of the highest you know grossing albums with confessions you know saying this was like 2004 so it wasn't that i mean yeah granted it was 14 years ago but it wasn't that far back Mm -hmm. that you know and he was still making albums after that he was still you know saying chart topping after that i mean he's, he's still that dude like r kelly like i said before he's still on the scene I mean that trapped in the closet stuff was terrible but it 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 worked you know it what i mean it did <laughs> it worked it was remedial as hell but it worked and and as much as we all was like this is terrible we all watched or tuned in or listened to when, when the next one would come like all right what's about to happen now so the the brilliance of that that simplistic yet you know saying overall just talented talented piece man like if you gotta you gotta clarify like what what we talking here like king of r&b I ain't I ain't putting no dude that don't do nothing but cover other people's songs and, and put them post them on the internet. He ain't no damn king. Absolutely not. So I think at the, <laughs> at the end of the day, regardless of you know who you put as a king of R&B or how far back you want to go, let's just all agree that Jaquees and Jay Holiday are absolutely not the king of R&B in any was list. They should not be the king of R&B in absolutely any was list, bro. It's 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 absolutely absurd for them to even come up with that to even think in their minds that they would be the king of R&B, bro. Look, I wouldn't even put Jaquees as being the king of R&B this year. I wouldn't even do it this year, though. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know what he's thinking. I don't know who souped his head up, but that man needs to come on with some original damn songs. And because literally every song that I heard from him has uh, that's actually gotten up there and been on the radio has been to cover of somebody else's stuff. So that's not gonna get you anywhere. So the quiz, you can you can just go ahead and get the fuck out of here. Like bye, bro. Just nah, dog. Just you got it. You gotta go. You gotta go on that one. So, anyways, uh, that was definitely a good conversation. Because uh, <laughs> I thought that this shit was funny. Like people were literally going in, and it was it was definitely a good time on Twitter for the uh, for this past week uh, with that debate. Because people were definitely hilarious on that one. So. Uh, let's get into the album review. So uh, I know this is what a lot of people have been wanting to hear our opinions about. We're going to start off with good old Meek Mill Championship. All right, y'all. Championships has 19 songs total. Uh, features Fabulous, uh, Anuel AA, Cardi B, 
Jay-Z, Rick Ross, Future, Roddy Rich, Young Thug, Drake, Kodak Black, LMA, Savage, uh, 21 Savage, uh, Melly, Jeremiah, and PNB Rock. I would have to say my favorite songs on here would be Uptown Vibes, Tic Tac Toe, and What's Free. Uh, even though I pretty much liked the entire album. Give it less a couple of tracks because I know that Meek Mill likes doing the slow tracks as well. Uh, I know that he understands, he fully understands about the demographic and, and getting on the radio and all this stuff, appealing to ladies and whatnot. So he'll always give you a couple of slow tracks. It's not going to be entirely upbeat. So I totally understand. I could do without a couple, but uh, for the most part, I thought that this album was really, really good. I think this album surprised a lot of people. I know that TBH, like, he was the first one to listen to it. I think he listened to it, like, when it first came out. And he was like, yo, like, I'm kind of mad at myself because I don't like Meek Mill, but I like this album. And I was like, hmm, if the, if the, uh, the music hotel likes Meek Mill this time, then something must be up. So as soon as the morning came, I went ahead and listened to it. I was like, I was like, okay, like, I feel everything that's been bottled up with this man over the past couple years, man. Because, like, this this man really, really had a bad time, uh, minus the Drake stuff, because I, I still really don't feel like that mess of his career. But, um, again, that can be argumentative, uh, depending on who you ask. But um, I just think besides, like, everything else that's been going on with him, um, going on with him legally, it's been a really, really tough time. And I can totally understand, like, why he felt like he felt. But when he got out, like, he really got a ton of support. Um, I know that he not only had, like, Robert Kraft, the owner of the uh, Patriots, on the side. You had the Eagles on his side. He had his whole city on the side. You had the 76ers that as soon as he got out, they invited him to the game and uh, and, and let him be one of the people who, uh, who introduced the 76ers. So you can tell that literally, like, everybody had his back regardless of, you know, how you felt about him. Because a lot of people would, like, you know, want to abandon him after the Drake stuff. So he talked about a lot of that in this album. He talked about, like, you know, how I'm not trying to get back out of jail, how how you know people turned on him after the drake stuff and even in even a little bit after that he was like y'all put food on y'all table and this is what y'all do to me um he definitely talked about like you know again not going back to jail and and, and of course you know his his slick talk shit you know he got to talk about uh all the rollies on his wrist all the mars and all that stuff that's that's, <laughs> that's a meek mill that's that's really just meek mill and a lot of rappers so you know those those come and go but a lot of these songs did get on like a really really personal level and I, I really respected that, even though Meek Mill has always been personal, but you can tell that, like, that he was really messed up. He was really messed up. You know, he went to jail so many times, and I feel like this one was probably the most bullshit because they, you know, they, they put him on probation, and then apparently, you know, they tried to send him back because he was riding bikes or whatever. Like, it was it was just a lot of bullshit that happened, like, as soon yeah. as he got out. I think so. he did speak on that, talk about that judge. About the, yeah, the, yeah, the judge was literally, like, she was on some clear bullshit. It was clearly an agenda with her. And, you know, that ended up, you know, getting her kicked out of that spot, too, um, as, as for what I recall, because they did find out that she was, like, on some, on some like, conspiring type of shit just because she didn't like him. So, uh, like I said, that, that last one when he went to jail, that was that was really on some, like, supreme bullshit. But um, amongst that, amongst this subject matter, I definitely like the majority of the beats. Uh, for, like, again, with me, Mill having Rick Ross um, on, you know, on, on this side or whatever, I feel like he always has a nice beat selection, in my opinion. So I thought that the beats were on point. Uh, again, the 
explosive I could do without, but it was only like here or there. It was scattered. So uh, again, it's not really my style, but I understand a lot of people do like that because he definitely talks. I feel like he talks the most personal uh, stuff on the slower beats and, and not and rightfully so because he wants you to really hear him. Um, and, I, and I feel like for like one of the first times ever, even though like I think like his last album, he was kind of calm on that one. But I feel like he he's not really a, a yeller or a screamer on this one uh, compared to like when he first came mm-hmm. out. Because I know that a lot of people are like, man, like why me me always yelling on the mic and not the other. But I feel like he kind of like calmed down, like either he's just getting older and he realizes that, that ain't working no more or he can't do it no more. Or it's just the fact that like he's just, I don't know, maybe just a different person and he doesn't have that exact same energy but he still brings the same meek mill uh energy overall that we uh that we all know so i mean overall like these 19 tracks i mean i I liked it i wouldn't say that this is my favorite album from him but i feel like it's definitely up there and i think that a lot of a lot of other people they did say that this was their favorite meek mill album so i liked it man championships it was it was a really good album it was a good listen for me man with 19 tracks on it and i definitely uh put a lot of these songs on my uh on my 2018 play playlist so what do you think about it i was feeling it i'm 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 also not the biggest meek 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 meal fan (laughs) i just i just was never like it was just like when i would hear him it was always hit or miss i actually liked his first album uh but after that it was just like it was just it just with him it was just always too it was too much I don't know. It was just, it was too much, but it was more the same. It was like like you talked about um, rolling on my lyrics. It was just like it was the same stuff. But this album here, though, man, he he came with it, man, and you could tell he was he was bringing it, man. He he spoke on a lot of the stuff that he um that he had been going through, and that's something I always can appreciate. That's the stuff that I want to hear. You know what I mean? If you if you're a rapper, because they say that you're an artist, you're supposed to paint that picture for your audience. So he painted the picture of his pain and struggle and and ultimately his triumph and coming back from it. And that's that's what I took from that. I mean, I like the features that were on there. He had a lot of them. Um, but I mean, I guess that's what it, you know, what he was supposed to do. I mean, he he did his thing. Even when um he was featured on uh TI's joint, I remember speaking on that. I was like, he killed that when he was on that half with TI. Mm-hmm. I love that joint. And um, so my favorite songs off that album was uh on me. Uh, what's free of course jay-z bruh jay-z on that <laughs> on that song bruh i can't even speak on that enough and uh going bad those are my favorite uh songs on the album i think what's free that just that was crazy that that came out of nowhere bruh that came out of nowhere and and meek held his own on that song even with jay-z and ross it was but jay-z took the took the crown on that one he just showed y'all, man, like, yo, still out here. But I like what Meek did. And uh, if I got to give it a score. And because I like the top to bottom for the most part. I didn't like hate anything on the song. I mean, on the on the, uh, on the album. I'm going to give it a three and a half. That's how much I liked it. Mm, okay. 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 So um, for this not being my favorite Meek Mill project, I'm also have to give it a three and a half. Um, but if it was, I would have easily given it a four. Um, I mean, Meek Mill has always been the type that had like a ton of features on his um, on his albums, um, which is for is perfectly fine because that's uh, again what I expect. Uh, but it was it was again very very good. But I was just like looking back on his projects. Um, I know like he had a lot of mixtapes too when it first came out. I don't even know if really DC4 is considered to be a mixtape or an album, but I think that 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 might be one of my favorites. And um, they said dreams worth more than money. 
I really, mm, I don't know. That one was that one was pretty close, but I liked a lot of his mixtapes like a lot um, compared to his actual albums. But his albums have been pretty good too. They've been they've been all right. But if it was my favorite, I would have easily given it a four. But I think three and a half is uh is very very good. Uh, I think that I think that that's a fair score uh, for championships. But definitely good. Uh, again, since uh, you and TBA said that, you know, not really me, Mill fan, but you like this album, I think that that's really saying something. And I haven't heard anything bad about it. I really didn't hear anybody uh, bad-mouthing Meek Mill. I think uh, overall, a lot of people did like this album. And I think that finally, like the whole Drake and, and Meek Mill beef, I mean, he put them back on the album. It's not like they haven't done music together, but, uh, but they have a track going bad, which you say you like. Um, and, and that stuff is over, man. I think that again, he's a, he's a changed man and hopefully he doesn't get in any more trouble. Uh, cause I want to see more music out of this, out of this man. So I'm not trying to have any more delays with the guy. So shout out to Philly, shout out to Meek Mill. You got a, you got another good one on your hands and it was, uh, it was well weighted, man. Well, and well deserved. It was a good project. So, uh, on the other side of the spectrum, man, on the other side of the spectrum, Earl Sweatshirt. Uh, who was from from Odd Future? I don't even know because I'm pretty sure that they're still affiliated, but I don't think that Odd Future is a thing anymore. But obviously, that's how me and a lot of people heard about Earl Sweatshirt from Odd Future when they were um, putting out albums as a group. But Earl Sweatshirt has come out with his third uh, studio album called Some Rap Songs. 15 songs total, features Standing on the Corner. Navy Blue, Cheryl Harris, and uh, Kiora Patisse. <laughs> uh, and then I'm not even going to try to pronounce that last name. Um, and uh, my favorite songs, uh, man, I, I don't really know if I have a favorite song going <laughs> I thought in. it was just me, bro. I don't I really it know. Me. Nah, it's, it was so hard. Okay, so here's the deal, people. I don't think that Earl Sweatshirt is the type of rapper that I thought that he was when he first came out. I think that what really entranced me to Earl Sweatshirt was his different his different approach to the other people who were on Odd Future when they first came out. I think that's what really got me on Earl Sweatshirt. Um, I liked his mixtape better. I liked him on uh tyler the creator beats better but when he started coming out with his own stuff he really turned more into like a super duper indie type of rapper i think that the one thing that earl sweatshirt has always pissed me off on has been the production um i'm not a fan of really any other production that he came out with it's super out there it's not anything that i could find myself catching when i try to listen to it i think the only song that i kind of liked and this is the song that i heard before the album he came out was uh was the mint featuring navy blue other than that man this was a very very tough listen i was expecting something a little bit better because his previous album i don't like shit i don't go outside was also a kind of hard listen but it was an easier listen than this one i feel like this one was again like i I, maybe the title was appropriate it's literally just some rap songs because none of it really flowed even though the, the funny thing is these beats were so out there but they did blend together i don't even know how that happened uh, but if you listen to it, when one song went into another, it did somehow transition, which was very, very interesting. But I think that, again, the, the title of this album, Some Rap Songs, is appropriate because it's just so out there. They, they don't really mesh up, to be honest. Again, the production is, is really, really bad. And on top of that, 
I can't tell you what this man has been rapping about. Yeah, I just feel like he's saying a whole bunch of stuff. He's one of those super rapidy rap ass niggas. And I just I feel like I can't get <laughs> I can't get with it anymore, man. I used to again have the appeal for Errol Sweatshirt when they first came out and when he was with Odd Future. I still like Doris. I feel like Doris was more uh and that's his first uh, official album, official studio album. That one was more on the uh on the the like tame side and that's when he was still working heavily with Tyler the Creator. So you can tell that it showed in his beats and uh but in the subject matter wasn't that out there, but nah this this man he's on some other stuff i feel like he only appeals to like the super duper hardcore odd future and errol sweatshirt fans but i think that since he's not working so heavily with them anymore i don't think that he really has a place i don't i don't think that he that he has a like a a lane to really go in just like just a weird lane that's that's the only lane that i could think of um but you really, 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 really have to listen to these tracks in order to like try to even get a third of understanding as to what he's talking about. But to me, it doesn't sound like he's saying anything at all. And even Nomad was like, I don't know about this one. He's an Earl Sweatshirt fan too. And he, even he was like, yo, you listen to that? And I was like, yeah, I try to listen to it. He like, nah, this ain't it. So I'm going to have to say that this was another dud. I feel like he's unfortunately getting worse and worse with his uh with his albums maybe he should just put out mixtapes and try working with tyler again i don't know what their relationship is on right now but i'm not really feeling uh earl sweatshirt without our future in this corner so uh what'd you think about uh some rap songs man oh boy i'll, I'll just start by saying uh i tried i really tried i i went into this just thinking that it would it would be something, you know, something different, like like a like complete contrast to what what Meek Mill would bring. I was gonna get like a lot of lyrics, some some decent some decent beats. And first thing I noticed um, was how the shit just seemed like it was all over the place when I was listening to it. Then uh, second, I noticed how exceptionally short each song was, and I'm like, wait a minute. I looked up, and it, it was legit like 15 minutes into it, and it was like it was done. I'm like, wait what because i didn't know one song from the next i thought like all of it was just like one song because i wasn't looking like as the tracks were moving did not notice like each song was like a minute the longest song i think was like two minutes and it was like 15 of them like all this stuff could have been could have been made into like five different tracks it was it was just it was all over the place man if it was one song i try to keep a positive of it that i did like on i think it was uh december 24th that was one song I did, like catch myself bobbing to a little bit. But other than that, man, I just I caught myself saying a lot of the time, like, what is this? Like, what is this? What is this? What is this? So I, I, I don't know. It was it was rough, bro. It was it was tough to uh, it was tough to wrap my head around sometimes. Yeah. I, I, I just I, I wasn't a big fan of it. I'm just going to keep it a buck with y'all, man. We ain't going to dwell on this one too much yeah it was that it was that it was that short the review is gonna of it is gonna be even shorter it was <laughs> it was really it was like i can't say it was a chore to listen to because it wasn't that long but it was highly confusing and it made me say all right i don't think i want to listen to this dude no more that right there like that says a lot when you hear something that like questionable it makes you question whether you should even get this dude another try, especially somebody that was such high regard from certain people. Cause I've never really been into his music like that, but 
I'm, you know, I'm listening to it and I just wasn't a fan of it at all. Like I just kept saying a lot. This was the theme of me listening to it. What is this? What is this? I just kept saying, what is this? What is he saying? What is this? And that's just what I kept saying. What is this? I, I wasn't a fan yo. Yeah. at all. Yeah. So again, I know how talented this man could be, but I just think he's just too far <laughs> out there that when you come out with an album, it has to be structured. Like this could be he phoned it in, bro. That's that's a prime example. I guess. It's like he just phoned it in on this one. Yeah. So like I said, this, this title was very appropriate, but it could have just been like a mixtape or something. Like, all right, here's a bunch of throwaway tracks that are barely, you know, three minutes long, and and we're just going to leave it at that. But for me to be taken as serious as as an actual project, as as a complete album it was it was trash uh, i had to say that and I don't, I don't use that word often but it was really bad this gets a 1.5 for me man like i i would i'm not gonna give it a total one because i've heard worse stuff <laughs> believe it yeah. or not I've, I've absolutely heard worse stuff but i'm gonna give it a 1.5 dog it's it's not there at all i even had some people like who again in my chat who were hardcore earl sweatshirt fan they were like some of them were reasonable and they were like yeah i don't know what he did with this one but i had one person and they were like yo like i still love this album this one my favorite i'm like i can't do it I, i'm not i'm not gonna lie to myself so i, I feel like they were lying to themselves on that one um i definitely i could stomach his previous projects a little bit more but this one was just it was nah it wasn't it at all so what if, what are we giving as an official score from you uh i'm <laughs> i'm gonna give it a two mm. I'm, I'm gonna give it a two just 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 for the sake of giving it a two, man. Cause <laughs> it's like I, I, I didn't want to do a one and a half because I, I can try I can kinda understand what he was trying to do there. It was kinda like you just pieced a bunch of un, maybe it was unfinished work or something like that. But I would have felt better if it had been produced better, mixed better. Uh, you would have put like like the verse that you did, you did a verse and a half on one song. You could have just put that on another one and just just wrote it like that. And a lot of people wouldn't even have even noticed. We would have got it because it's like just some rap song. There's really no structure for it. It's just you rhyming. I get that, but it was just bad, man. Yeah. So, but that's why I'll give him a benefit of the doubt for that sake. And I, that's why I'm gonna just do the two for that because I had every intention on giving that shit a one. Yeah, and you definitely brought up something that that again I I mentioned when we talked about like I didn't even know that the next song was on. <laughs> yeah yeah no like I, I legit could not tell and i was like oh was that a transition oh we're on another song okay <laughs> it did move from there it did, it did end so damn fast so it was it was crazy i don't know if that was intentional or not but i do agree with you like it could have he could have like structured a song better and like at least made like one song three minutes by putting two songs together and just uh have better production better mixing so yeah it was just it was a dud man it was a dud but i don't know if earl continues down this path then i'm gonna i'm gonna just have to give it up and say i'm not a fan anymore i'm gonna just have to say that so it is what it is man but that was our review on earl sweatshirt some rap songs all right moving on to the song of the week uh now we were talking about tory lanes and um and jordan lucas on the previous episodes and i decided to go back and uh, check out basically one of the songs that made me a tory lane's fan and my song of the week is wooden beads 
and uh, again, this is from Tory Lanez. And I sat there and looked at the video. I've never ever looked at the video for this, and you can tell how far this man has gone. Cause oh boy, that video was terrible. I could see, <laughs> I could see the good old um, final cut transitions, the easy transitions that he was using on here. It was, it was pretty ridiculous. But this is from his Swavy mixtape. So I don't know if anyone actually listened to this one, boy, but this came out in 2011, people, 2011. First mixtape I listened to from Tory Lane. Somebody put me on and told me to listen to it. This was actually the first time that uh, this on this particular mixtape, he had a song with um, with Meek Mill on here. And that's how I actually heard about Meek Mill as well uh, from this actual mixtape. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm cool. Yeah, I had a feature on there. And, and I was like, all right, let me check out Meek Mill again. And that's how I ended up becoming a Meek Mill fan as well. But uh, but I could definitely tell the lyrical prowess after listening to this particular song. I was like, yo, this dude is actually kind of nice. Uh, like, I ain't really listened to nobody from Canada before. But I was like, all right, like this, like I could tell this dude can rap i can tell he can really rap now further along the line he got more into his r&b bag and again that's how a lot of people know him now is from his r&b stuff and uh we were talking about like like i didn't know him as an r&b dude i, I thought of him as an actual rapper but they were like oh Yo, you can body by an r&b nigga but he wouldn't know, he wouldn't really know r&b <laughs> nigga to me like like this dude was rapping he was rapping to me before he was doing any of that r&b stuff um for what i know so Again, if you never really heard him like rap rap before, I would recommend go check out like some of his earlier mixtapes. He came out with a lot of mixtapes before he actually came out with this official album. So again, this dude has been in the game for a while, but I think again because he well he's not originally from Canada, but he moved there um, early in his life. When he moved there, I think they're pretty much like out of the Canada rappers. It was Drake and nobody else for the longest so this dude really did have to work like twice as hard in order to actually get you know people to listen to him and when he finally did break out with the r&b stuff what did they say oh man you you just like drake you singing like drake and stuff but this dude been doing he been doing it just as long as drake to be honest but again a lot of people just didn't know who he was so i would definitely check this out if you like a tory lane fan and you ain't heard any, any of his earlier stuff but wooden beads is my song of the week from tory lane 2011 people what you got for me this week flock uh got from the locks one of my favorite rap groups uh it's a song called dope money off the rough riders volume one album came out in 1999 this was the uh this was the genesis of the Styles P and Jadakiss back and forth thing that I always talk about. Y'all always hear me talk about the Jadakiss and Styles P back and forth joint that they always do. This was like the epitome of what I'm talking about on this song. Rough Riders Volume 1 was a classic album to me personally. That first one was, in, it was amazing. Uh, it was so many different talented acts on there. But this one right here, man, they just, they went in, yo. The beat was crazy. Swiss Beats killed it. Jadakiss killed it. Styles P killed it. It's, it's just an amazing song. If you're a fan, if you're a fan of the Lock and you haven't heard it in a while, you go back to it and listen to it. Be like, oh man, how crazy this was! If you never heard it before, you'd be like, okay, I see why. I see why this dude love these these, these dudes right here, man. But go check that out, man. Off the Rough Riders Volume One. You know, say Ride or Die album. Oh man, Rough Riders Volume One. Yeah, and my favorite tracks on there was that uh was that down bottom, yeah. Down bottom, yeah, Julie. yeah. That's track two, yeah. yeah. But he had uh had jigging my nigga on this one. 
Uh, Jay Z, yeah, man, it was it was a lot of good tracks on this one, man. So at the eve, yeah, y'all was sleeping, bro. <laughs> I was telling you, this was a very good album, definitely yeah. a very good album, yo. So okay, okay, okay. So yeah, if y'all ain't listening to that one, man, go go back. Always, man, always one, got yo. that heat for y'all. Swiss Beats, yo, I'm telling you, Swiss Beats, he he put in a lot of work back then, yo. Oh yeah, oh, lots yeah. of work. So there you go, people. Tory Lanez wouldn't be it for me. Jada Kiss and Styles P. Doe money for Flock. So there you go, man. Songs of the week. Let's get into the topic of the week. All right, Flock. Do you feel that it is necessary or I should say beneficial to at least learn the aspects of producing if you are an MC? And on the flip side, the aspect of being an MC if you are a producer. You asking me first? You want me to go first? Yes, sir. I will say it's kind of one of them double-edged things. If you are a producer, you don't necessarily have to know how to rap or be a rapper. You just need to know how to. If you're a real producer, if you're just a beat maker, just go out there and make beats and, and sell them to whoever. Or make or whoever wants them can take it. If you are a real producer like a Dr. Dre that will sit in the studio with you and say, nah, do it like this. Let me hear you make this song while you right here with me. Nah, do it again. Cause I felt like he was the only person that can get the best out of Snoop Dogg. Mm-hmm. Cause when Snoop Dogg left Death Row and went with Master P and did all that, you could tell the quality of his music went down. Because they were just beats by the pound, the dude that was producing for Master P and no limit them beats by the pound they were just throwing out beats and snoop would just pick something and just start rapping oh yeah yeah you know dr dre would go in and like nah do it over like this no nah, you, you need more energy here you need less energy here i'm gonna break this part down here like that's what a producer does so i don't think i think a real producer just needs to know the artist that they're working with and know how to how to get the most out of that 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 performer get the most out of that artist a dope producer can work with not only hip hop artists but R&B artists and even rock artists at that. You know what I mean? They can do something for everybody, pop artists, whoever. They know how to get the most out of that out of that that person. I think for a rapper and MC, I don't think they need to know so much as far as like the, you know, pro tools and you know knowing how to how to work the boards and stuff. I just think they need to know who they're working with and what type of sound they want to they want to have so they can kind of like better communicate with that person because some some artists they just want to be everything already done for them but sometimes you have to go in there and spit and then after you spit say yo i want to do this part like take jay-z he went in there and did say 99 problems he worked with rick rubin he can go in there and say all right i'm gonna do this part now i'm gonna come back and i'm gonna do the police part when he's saying like son you know what i put you over for you know what i mean so when i come back and i do that mount you drop it or distort my voice and stuff like you get what i'm saying so Mm. you want to work with that producer and say i on this part i want to do this and when i say this part drop the beat like when you say like you know like on say uh dust your shoulders off he's like i got that black album and i back out you know saying see how the beat kind of stopped when he said that part you could tell the producer or the producer can know how to do it themselves they gotta have that they gotta have that communication you can't just go in there and just just rhyme over a beat you gotta have input on how that beat is done too, to make make your sound sound good. Because ultimately, it's your shit. Because the producer gonna get money regardless. Mm. You gotta pay him regardless, whether the beat is whack or not, or if the beat you know ain't as hot as everybody else think it is. 
You brought so, up a very, very good point. You said there is a difference between a producer and a nigga who just makes beats. Yeah. And that is very, very important, people. A producer will sit there with you. They know like how to cater to who they're working with in the booth because everybody's different these days everybody's different it's not going to be all oh, just just one rapper is going to is going to rap and and they're going to like the same type of beat or they going to work on the same type of beat mm-hmm. that another rapper will that's very important to to pick beats that are specific to the rapper who you're working with and again on the flip side as an mc not every beat is going to work for you so it's also up to you to to speak up and let the producer know like what type of sound that you're looking for for this particular song because the subject matter a subject matter that's like super i'm gonna kill you it's not gonna work on a super slow beat you know you know what i'm saying like sometimes the subject matter is very very important to the uh to the actual beat that you're that you're rhyming on um mm-hmm. so so that's again very very important and i feel like again you it is beneficial for you to know that stuff um if you're on both sides I would say I would say that it's more beneficial to me personally as an MC um, knowing how to produce a little bit because I feel like nowadays again you got a lot of just beat you got a lot of beat makers you don't have a lot of producers around you have a lot of beat makers and they'll make a whole bunch of beats out that and it may just not be for you. I, I feel like it's it's beneficial with, to actually know like how to make some stuff because maybe you just want a specific type of sound and maybe everybody who had been sending you beats just they just can't get you know what you're looking for. So I feel like making beats it, it can it can really make you uh, into one of those like I do it all myself type of rust niggas, but just not not with being <laughs> not being arrogant about it because <laughs> Anon he he makes his own beats now like obviously like the stuff that he's came out with he's been working with people, uh, but those are are more like again producers rather than uh, rather than beat makers because he knows them and they'll sit in the studio and make stuff. But Anon's been making his own beats. I mean he's he's you know streamed it a whole bunch of time to him making his own stuff because he wants yeah. to learn that type of stuff. And I feel like again it's beneficial because uh i mean another thing like you said the producer gonna get paid regardless i mean if you make your own shit you ain't gotta pay a producer <laughs> you ain't gotta pay a beat maker for the beat so yeah so that's that's, shout out to j cole who learned yeah you know? yeah big crit do his own yeah. shit he ain't gotta pay nobody david, david banner was one of the one of the ones that learned too he said man, i couldn't get no beats from nobody so i learned how to, i gotta grab the npc and learn how to do it myself yeah so sometimes you just gotta do it man and then you end up you know working on your craft you'll get better and then you'll become one of those people that the other people will, uh will look for it oh man like can you, can you give me a beat like can you can you help produce whatever da, da, da. and then like you can get money from that man you get residuals not only from rapping but from producing as well so again i feel like on the mc side it's a little bit more beneficial to at least learn how to produce not saying that you have to because if you have good people in your corner like say if you had like a a fucking trifecta of timbaland pharrell and swiss beats or something you ain't gonna make nothing (laughs) i would i would trust them i would trust them wholeheartedly to make sure that i have some dope ass records that came out but uh, a lot of people don't have those you know those luxuries of uh, of having those people or coming up with those people and establishing that rapport like that so you know can everybody just call up timbo and be like yo give me a beat um, you know, they got to actually know you and, and, you know, respect your craft or whatever to, you know, work with you. And, and even still, like, you're going to have to pay. It's either you're going to pay, you know, the regular price or you're going to pay the homie price. That's that's how it's going to be uh, with most of these dudes, <laughs> most of these producers. So it is what it is. But I would definitely think it's way, way more beneficial to uh, to learn how to produce if you're if you're just a rapper. Um, but, I mean, we can see, like, 
you got a lot of beat makers around here you got a lot of niggas who just rap they don't care what it's on if it sound hot i'ma just rap on it and it may just not be for you and again that's you know that's what i be criticizing a lot of these rappers from uh for because they be they be just rapping on anything and i don't like that i'm like that doesn't it doesn't necessarily work for you you may think that it does but it doesn't you know for your rap style or your subject matter so you just pick things that work more for you don't just pick out beats because you like it pick out beats that's that's pertaining to the actual subject matter and i think that you'll have a good song um, but for the producer, yeah, it's, it's not ad beneficial. Um, I don't really want all the producers rapping. I know some of them do, and some of them do it pretty well, but uh, but not everybody, you know, needs to needs to be rapping. So yeah, most of most of them already, when you're making a beat, a lot of them they have in mind who they want that beat to go to if yeah. they establish that is. I mean, if you start now, you just want whoever to, to get your shit so you can you get your name out there. You giving away beats for free sometimes and stuff like that. But if you already an established producer, you you already have in mind who you want this beat to go to like i remember uh kanye saying that uh hard in the city was originally supposed to go to dmx but jay-z came in there and rhymed over and he was like nah you got that bro you hear that a lot when i think producer when i was talking about that stuff before like getting the most out of i think of a quincy jones you know what i mean i have him him working with michael jackson you know what i mean stuff like that and i think of like i said before dr dre or like a Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis that worked with uh, Janet Jackson all those years and stuff like that. They go in there with a vision saying, all right, this is the sound we want. For this song right here, we want you to you know, bring out this emotion. On this part, we want you to say this. On this part, we want you to do that. Mm. So Actually you know, guiding them and making sure that they yeah, have the best, the best possible does, quality. Yeah, because yeah, you are producing the sound. You are producing the emotion. You are producing... You know what I mean? The the everything, the everything, the whole ambiance in the background for, for that part, this part, the bridge, all of that. Like it's not just for rap, it's for R and B as well. Absolutely. So, for everything. Know, I think of stuff like that. I think of like a say like a Devante for uh Jodeci. I mean, he had them boys harmonizing on top of stacking vocals on top of each other when they was doing those songs. That's why when you hear a Jodeci hook, you know what I mean? You listen to a Jodeci song and you can if you know have an ear for music, you'll hear the way those harmonies are stacked on top of each other. That's all Devontae's doing right there, man. So that's why I say I can I, I definitely can respect the production side of it so much because it's a lot that goes into it that people think you just sitting there pushing buttons. Nah, that ain't the case, man. Yeah, then man, if you then slave. if you then if you do take the route like I take making beats, which is sampling, that's man, that's a whole different era. Cause then you have to do your homework. You have to know who to sample from, who you can't sample from. You know, I mean, stuff like that, getting clearances and all this other stuff, and it's a lot, man. That chopping up, chopping up samples and shit like that. That shit is hard. That is hard as hell. So, I respect, I respect both sides of the coin, but I just feel like the the MC needs to know more so about the production side of it to make it easy for themselves, because the producers gonna producers gonna produce, yo. Right. Beat makers gonna make beats like you take a trap record somebody who makes trap records a shawty red on the track they just gonna do that shit in the privacy of their own crib and say who want it make me an offer you get what i'm saying like that's what they gonna do they, and that's not, not a, gonna, that's not a bad thing but yeah but if your shit is good to go then that's good that's good to go but it's a difference between him giving the beat to you know young jeezy and jeezy running with it and knocking it out the park and then he have to work with somebody else that ain't gonna pick up on it as much he want to do something else with it he, then you got to go back in there and change your stuff you got to go back in your software change this other stuff like me i use an npc renaissance so it's not a standalone but if you had those standalones you can kind of change stuff on the fly you know what i mean you go back you know you change stuff on the fly and whatnot but 
it's a little harder, you know, because you have to keep going back. So that's why I say it's always better to me personally. If you're going to really work with somebody, you trying to make some something epic, then make sure you there with that person that you working with. That's that's it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I know. Did you end up watching that Quincy Jones documentary? I still didn't watch oh, it. Oh, man. Yeah, you still got to watch it. I know, man. Yeah, yeah, I, know, man. Yeah, I be, I be man. <laughs> I, was trying to, I was trying to finish up Punisher because I forgot I was like three episodes. I didn't ever finish watching Punisher. And then I, I think I seen it and I was like, all right, I'm going to watch this tomorrow. And you know how that goes. All right, right, right. So, yeah, definitely go watch it. And everybody listening, too, definitely, definitely watch a Quincy documentary on Netflix. All right, final section before we are done. Album suggestion. Flack, what do you have for us this week? It's going to be some home cooking, y'all. Home cooking, because I'm. It's, it's so rare that I actually get to do this being from Chicago. But I'm going to have to go with Twister, Adrenaline Rush from 1997. When I tell you this album was so fire, bro. Oh, baby. Top to bottom, yo. It's had heat. If you're a fan of, like, Twister, not, like, I know some people know Twister from, like, Overnight Celebrity and stuff like that. This was, like, before Overnight Celebrity. This was, like, eight years prior to that. So, Twister was, yo, Twister was on fire right then and there. He killed it with that album. That was, like, a highly slept on album. It was a hood classic because everybody in Chicago was bumping that shit that year. I remember that. Everybody. You couldn't, you didn't hear a car drive past that wasn't bumping that or something 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 similar to it it was it was that nice adrenaline rush by twister 1997 the original not the not the not the one he came out with years later he came out with another one like 2000 something i can't remember but it's it's the original the the blue one so that's all all right all right so there i go man something classic for you all to listen to if you've never listened to it before twist and adrenaline rush 1997 with that being said we are at the end of enlightened sounds episode 13 flock do you have any last words man appreciate everybody man coming through hitting us up on twitter all the support that we getting lately man keep hitting us up i love when people ask me questions let's like randomly ask me questions like i get them on twitter more so recently now that ask me what you like better this or that what was your favorite album from this year that's stuff like i love that that interaction yo that is that means everything to me because that means you actually respect you know you respect our opinions on stuff like that and i try to you know i always try to speak from 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 being you know experienced in something or from just having knowledge of the, of the actual craft of it so that's why when i explain stuff i try not to get too long-winded but i have to be in depth so you can kind of understand my thought process of, of my explanation so um yeah keep those questions coming and um we're gonna have that we're gonna have that uh top 10 we was actually supposed to record this one here like a week ago but we had issues with <laughs> freaking issues discord with the server. Yeah, this discord crashed on us twice so we we had to postpone it so we both free again but yeah that top that top 10 because we're doing 10 right we're not just doing five we gotta do 10 no we're doing 10 we're doing 10 all right we're doing top 10 um yeah, that's coming real soon, yo. We gotta we gotta brainstorm on that one. Well, not talk to each other because I don't want to know what his ten is. I want to be surprised when he tells me. And uh, and same thing. I hopefully he feel the same way about me. But like, get a get a date where we gonna actually actually knock this out because we still got it's still stuff coming out. Right. So you don't want to forget the stuff that's coming out. But I also don't want to wait till the last minute until like New Year's Eve to record it and no stuff like that either. So. We'll we'll find a date, man, and, and make it make it happen for y'all, yo. We'll probably try to do it like around like. I would say like the maybe the week of Christmas. 
Yeah. Maybe try to like, probably do that, like, that, like the 28th like, or something. Probably about the 28th. That would yeah. probably be the best day for us to do it on. Yeah. Because the, the last album of the year would have would have pretty much already been out. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what we'll do, man. Appreciate all the support, though, y'all. Man, I really do. I greatly appreciate all the support y'all been giving us. And keep supporting. Spread the word. All that good old shit, man. And we out, y'all. Facts, facts. What he said, we will see you all for Enlightened Sounds episode 14. Again, we want to uh, thank everyone who has been listening. And again, man, uh, not only does your listening contribute to uh, making sure that we get the numbers out here, uh, but we also are uh, finally getting financially backed. So again, we truly appreciate everyone that continues to listen on whatever platform that you all uh, decide to listen on. Uh, that's very very thankful to us and uh we'll see y'all later man we uh we got some got some big plan for this hopefully so and we'll see y'all for episode 14 of enlightened sounds oh yeah i forgot to spill the beans yo oh uh, yeah oh you want to tell them yeah i might as well there man go uh, for it. solo yo i got the solo joint coming i think i'm going with the name unfiltered solo podcast i'm gonna be talking all that shit yo that's all i'm gonna say i'm gonna be talking that shit just be ready for that, yo. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> yeah, man. So make sure y'all support that too. Whatever you, uh, whatever you drops this first episode. But we are out. We'll see y'all next week. Peace.